0: Welcome to the Up The Cream Podcast, episode 26. I'm Don Tomlinson, joined as always by Rich Harrison, a.k.a. Bobby Rich. How are you doing, pal? I'm good, mate. you? Yeah, not too so bad, thank you. Uh, another defeat for the <laughs> Um Magic weekend. Uh, obviously, Super League's big event of the year. Uh, Leeds mm-hmm. getting the better of us 25-24 after another chaotic, farcical Golden Point period. Yeah, well, at
1: least we had a crack. But <laughs> it's come to this now, isn't it? <laughs> you know, well, we can try and pull any positive that we possibly can, but compared to the last two games, we looked a little bit like our old selves, and at least we had a crack. Still got defensive frailties, still making some dumb decisions, and making some stupid schoolboy errors, but at least we had a crack this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I said effort and emotion wasn't, a, wasn't an issue. But again, it's like the minimum expectation. I'm not going to down off you know, whole FC side showing a little bit of effort because if that's what it's come to, then Christ got help us. But you know, you're right in compared to the past two performances because you know, the Salford one was nothing short of abysmal. So it was an improvement on that. Admittedly, that's not saying much. Uh, I mean, Old built themselves up at 24 14. They got themselves a good lead and they did okay to do that. And what wound me up in the final 20 minutes is. It was, just, it was just so conservative. They went back up, back up to one up Dross, basically, and it, it was frustrating because we, were, you know, we were making ground. We looked all right. We were a threat, and I thought in those last twenty minutes, in particular, when Leeds came back and scored two tries, they handled whatever we threw at them pretty comfortably. Yeah,
1: agreed, agreed. We we, we looked a little bit clueless again, didn't we? Um, just just not <clears throat> not not creative enough. We don't seem to kick aside which, you know, we've we've got two of the best kickers in the business. Um, Kicks aside, we don't look capable of of unlocking a defence on the goal line. And, you know, defending on your goal line is arguably the easiest thing to do. I mean, it's hard when teams get repeat sets and and you're doing a lot of defence. But, you know, the, the, the drilling of defending on your own goal line is... Is great because you know you're you're against a team that's not deep. They're not moving you around all the time. As long as every man does his job, you should always repel an attack on your own goal line. But, um, you know, with with Sneed's kicking and with with Connor's kicking, and arguably with a little bit more graft, craft uh, and guile around around dummy half, um, you know, with the amount of possession we had, we we should have beaten Leeds. And you look at the team that we had out as well. Not a bad team. I mean, arguably, if we had Griffin, we had um, um, probably Cater, um, and we had um, Swift in that team, arguably, and certainly Reynolds, I'd, I'd back us to win that game. Um, but we didn't, and you've got to play with
0: what you've got. And I, I still think we had enough there to beat them, but we just didn't. Well, yeah, exactly. And you flick it on the head from a Leeds point of view, they were missing Luke Gale. We're yeah. missing, you know, they're missing some big players as well, though. And Yeah, but, but miss, missing Luke Gill,
1: you got Richie Meyer and Rob, Rob Louis
0: in the halves. But then Rob Louis comes off injured. Louis comes off after what, five, ten minutes with an injury and didn't come back on again. Yeah. And I just start to of look at all in the same situation about about I was six and seven. And it makes yeah. you and and also don't forget there's no Jack Walker either at one. So you think yeah. no one, no six, no seven, imagine all that situation. Crazy. Yeah
1: well we don't have to imagine it without it
0: this year When every time we've had that we've been absolutely told well yeah exactly so, and that's the point yeah. and that's the point so yeah it's I mean some were quite to turning it into a pissing contest and say, oh, yeah Hull had A, B, C, D out and they weren't paying any yeah. attention to the fact that Leeds had A, B, C, D out as well so because, it, because. I thought it was the, the game itself <laughs> it, the worst thing about it it had to follow on from St Helens and Catalans, which was absolutely phenomenal that was one of the best opening yes. games I think I've ever seen it was brilliant oh brilliant But <clears throat> what an ending what an ending, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not Like I say, nothing short of incredible. Three charges in five minutes and then the drop goal from James Maloney to win it. it was nothing short of breathtaking, but the Leeds all uh, game... Dave, I've got to say, I know
1: you're friendly with the guy from Redfee.net, but they did the... Uh... <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Did the social media faux pas of all faux pas, which is exactly what Rovers did when they got beaten in the million pound game. So you know, um, and so and so goes over in the corner, but it's just academic. It's, <laughs> a, just, it's a consolation. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I that. Well.
0: <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been yeah, there. <laughs> it was funny, though. It's, oh, yeah, being yeah. in that end as well. you know, Obviously, St. ellen's are in that end at the Lees's end up at St. James's Park. And, and literally, yeah. the old old crowd just turned around and went, "Yo, I'm not see it anymore." <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> brilliant, and you could see the Catalans players we were getting revved up by that. They, they yeah. were buzzing off it, and Sam Tompkins tweeted, "It was nice to have the crowd on be sad for a change." And... Yes, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah that, that 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 whole game, that whole event was was brilliant. And then, unfortunately, Hull and Leeds had to follow on from that. and... And compared to that, you know, the thrill that that game was, I thought Owen Leeds were flat, it didn't have the same intensity wow. about it, it was two poor sides really, if we're being completely honest, and yeah, yeah it's just you're right when you said at the start about all errors, they just cripple us every single week, and it's and it's not errors like you see St Helens, like you see Johnny Lomax, for every pass he'll put in the stand, he'll put a try on the plate for, for a Regan Grace, or... You think Saint Helens with their crazy offload game? Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it don't. I'm not talking errors like that. I'm talking simple errors coming out of yardage again, and you know, just simple st- stakes, not fest tackle. When you get, you know, you get down in your opposition end, and you make stupid errors like that, and and that's what's killing us. And it's like, it's infuriating because it happens week on week. You look at the discipline again; it's poor. We give away penalties, we give away set restarts at crucial times of the game. We're our own worst enemy. I think that's the best way you can put it. But it, that's been the case for as long as I can ever remember. It's, and I go. I look at it. And I think it's embedded into a whole FC player. It, it it must be because it's ridiculous the errors that we make week on week after week.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I know. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I'm sure supporters of other teams would be saying exactly the same thing after their team loses. But it just seems it does seem to be more often than not with us, doesn't it? It
0: does. Um, it does. Yeah.
1: And you're right. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter who's coaching the team doesn't seem to matter who's playing in the team you know you you could you look at it and go well that's because so-and-so was playing but it happens when he's not playing and it happens when someone else is deputizing for him and it's just yeah it's a little bit slapdash and you know i mean we've had that tag sleeping giants for a lot of years and what gets me now is that how long can you sleep before you're comatose you know how long can you keep calling yourselves a sleeping giant? How long can you be the most underperforming team in, in rugby league before you know the inevitable happens and people stop going to matches? And you know, so we're already seeing it. You know, people not not renewing passes and, and all the rest of it. You know, people will only put up with crap for so long. You know, there's probably you know twenty five to thirty percent of our um, of our fan base are transient and will only go when we're winning. You know another 20 or 30 percent will go when we're having a really good season and we're having a crack and that only leaves you with you know 30 40 percent of people that will go even if we're terrible you know the nailed on die hard poor bastards like me and you that, me, obviously <laughs> because i'm so far away but you know what i mean people that will, would go whether we're we're great crap or or indifferent. Hmm. Um, and you know that that starts to hit, starts to hit you in the hip pocket, and it means that your owner starts going, I've got no money, and then all of a sudden you're not going on the full cap, and you are, you know, you're getting to be a Rovers or a Lee or a Salford, and you're already spending seventy percent of the cap because you can't afford to spend anything else, and then you're in that horrible whirlpool of despair where it just every time the every time the cycle goes round, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and before you know it, you're in real trouble. You know, it's um, yeah, scary.
0: It is, it is, and you, you, you know, you have to look on social media to see the mood across a large majority of LFC's fan base right now. Then they're, they're not happy. And why why would they be? It's been another Overall, despite the promise that was shown at the start of the year, it's been a disappointing year. It's 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 as simple and as and as and as honest as that. I mean, yeah, there was some great things about LFC at the start of the year that Bradson tried to install into the into the sad you know, like I say, there was all wet, like the other, it was all built on hard graft and uh, honest performances. But it, it was refreshing at the time, and obviously there was some, there was some, uh, some poison, some flair there, obviously in Jake Connor and Josh Reynolds. But unfortunately, it's all been thrown out the window now because we've had another poor end to the season, and and unfortunately, and as we said last week, that's not good enough. It's not. It can. And it should never be accepted either. When, we, when you look at the squad, it's a two point five million, squad. That's what it's been estimated. and That's what the owners come out and yeah, said it partly. is. I mean, and it's that's just what we're money. paying them. That's what we're paying them. They're not worth that, but that's what we're paying them. Well, yeah, evidently. But like you said, that's what we yeah. said last week. In it, when you pay, when you spend that sort of money, it's it's ridiculous. I know people look at Warrington and laugh at them because they've spent absolutely millions over the past ten years and the they haven't won Super League yet. Well, they've had five. They've had about five trips to Old Trafford, haven't they? They've won a couple of cups. I mm-hmm. take five trips to Old Trafford. You're going to win one eventually. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, I was listening back to a couple of our old, um, our old podcasts, and because uh, I'm, like, I'm like that, sad. Um, and we were talking about, you know, it would be an absolute travesty if we didn't do better than we did last year, because we've performed better than we did last year. And at the time we recorded that podcast, which was probably six or seven ago, that was correct. But it's not correct now. We we have performed worse than last year. Simple as. Um, last year was different. Obviously, COVID and everything. Same as this year, but we started badly and improved. This year we started well and tailed off. Um, and you know when when we got into that week in week out grind, and then we had a couple of little breaks for COVID and and you know and all the rest of it. it it's just disrupted us terribly. And um, yeah, it's it, you can actually. You can actually plot the two the two seasons performances, and there would have been a, a, a point about four or five weeks ago where they intersected, and suddenly we started to become worse than last year.
0: That's fair. I mean, yeah, last year we did improve, I and mean, it couldn't have got mm-hmm. couldn't have got much worse at times. When you think that first came back after the COVID lockdown uh, against Salford, Edinley, when we yep. hit fifty points, but all definitely improved from that.
1: From Old Trafford.
0: Yeah, you can spin it like that, can't you? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we got a, we got into a. Re, makeshift playoff uh, system didn't yeah. we? And we played the yeah. cards that we were dealt, and it's all you can do in it, I suppose. Uh, yeah. well, went to
1: Went to Warrington
0: and won. And that that was a cracking performance, to be fair, in a winner take all situation. Yeah. So yeah, we did we definitely improved as last year went on. This year we started well, probably picked up uh, where we left off in some respects, but then obviously fallen by the wayside and completely completely gone off the boil, which is frustrating. It's exactly what we did in 2019 it's exactly what we did in 2018 so a bit of a bit of a common pattern here and it, it it's incredibly frustrating because it shouldn't be like that it you look at let I say the the money we spend again and it just shows the mismanagement it really does and again you can repeat it time and time again but it's so relevant because when you're spending that kind of money and you've got a hierarchy that are Shorting from the rooftops how good our spine is, you know, top four spine were the three words that were quoted at the start of the year. And, you know, all the voices from the club were saying, right, we want to be up there, we want to be competing, we want to be fighting for silverware. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all talk again, isn't it? It's problems with all see. We talk the talk, but we can't walk the walk. And, and, and so many times we don't back our, our voices up with actions on the field. And, and I think that winds fans up again and probably more than anything because they build themselves up and they expect, and that's where the club's expectation comes from. And, And when they get let down with another false dawn, it's they just think, I've had enough of this, I'm not going now.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what we're seeing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, mate, absolutely. And and it's frightening because, like I say, you know, we, we have on paper got a great squad. We really do. We might be paying over the odds for a couple of players, but even then, you know, at the start of the year, we were gutted that Scott Taylor was out injured because, you know, on his day, an absolutely destructive prop. You know, we were happy that Danny Houghton looked like he was regaining a sense of his own, You know, back back into a, a semblance of form. We were happy that Connor was at fullback. You know, we were hoping that Jamie Shaw came back and, and made it a real a real fight in that fullback thing. We were amazed that Swift had kicked on. You know, we were we were fairly happy that we might get a, a decent season out of out of Fenua. You know, we were ecstatic that we had. Cater and Lane, who look like being the best two young forwards in the business, you know, up until six seven weeks ago, we were still going. Yeah, we've had a couple of hiccups, but but you know we're still heading in the right direction. This last four or five weeks has just shown we're really not. Um, and unfortunately, we're locked into this squad for next year. This is something uh, again. I listened back to last week's podcast and something that we didn't really spell out in black and white. We alluded to it a couple of times, but this is the squad we will have next year. You know, swap out for Remo for Daniel McIntosh. This is the squad we will have next year. Arguably, we'll have, we, you know, we, we're, we've got a quota space, but I don't think we've got any money on the cap unless we get someone else in on some sort of, um, uh, you know, marquee player rule or something, which, you know, if our owner's saying he's skin and that's, you know, the cupboard is bare, well, then the cupboard is bare. This is the squad we will have next year. And like it or not, we're going to have to learn to live with that until and Hodgson hopefully will be given enough time and enough leeway to mid-next season to be able to say, right, you, you, you and you, there's the door. Um, because next year we're going to have a completely different squad, hopefully.
0: It's like what you said last week, though, when we did the, the call. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not wholesale changes that whole FC need right now, because I still am saying there's, there's the makings of a side there. We all know who our best players are. Jake Connor's one of the best in the comp. You know, we've got Carlos Tumovar We've got Adam Swift, obviously. We've got Dano McIntosh. two absolute flyers. You know, we've got decent half-back in Josh Reynolds. There's quality. You know, Chris Attei as well, obviously. Andrea Savelio on his day, very good back rower. Manu Ma was at his moments this year. Josh Griffin comes back, obviously, fully fit and firing. It's not a, an absolutely terrible bad side. Far from it. Awesome. It, it just needs tweaking. And it, the thing is, you get an hooker. you get a proper nine right now, that squad improves almost instantly. And that's a that's a fact, because the nine the nine and the one are so crucial in the modern day modern day game. We've sorted the one out, he's outstanding. And that doesn't change. Jake Connors the fullback to him plays. You sort the nine out and also you get you get a number seven in, which you'd like to think that we will do at the end of two thousand and twenty two. And obviously that's when Finua's contract expires as well, you think okay, he can use his cap money, get a couple of, you know, big, big meaty, gritty forwards in. Things start to look different, and that's just four players. You think what he could do with maybe five or six changes, and then you thinking, okay, totally. yeah, this, this is looking totally. positive but again now. But
1: that's at
0: the end of next year. It is, yeah, it is, exactly. Yeah, and that's obviously the frustrating and part. But my here.
1: worry, my worry is that um, Hodgson will will become a scapegoat.
0: Well, he already and is people doing. Pe- people are starting to know, blame him now, we're saying get him out of the club and get him sacked. I'm it's thinking not. it's embarrassing. How how, how yeah, could you go from any... one coach to the next? Just oh, Radford out, oh, Andy last out. Oh, now obviously there 's something a little bit you know, a little bit bigger here there 's a common denominator it 's not the coach 's problem it 's not, it's, yeah. it's not the coach 's fault it 's the hand he 's been dealt which is the issue and I, I, I just, I just can 't fathom. I really struggle to fathom more people are actually blaing Hodgson right now it 's like what what can you do You've you 've seen what he's watch. tried to do at the start of the year, and unfortunately, yeah. the squad holes have gone beyond what he can bring to the club at the moment, and unfortunately that 's not yeah. his fault you 've got ten percent of your salary
1: cap tied up in a winger.
0: Who can't turn up for training on time. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, and sorry, like, yeah. That's
1: that's that's the issue. You know, you've got ten percent of your salary cap in, on a player that his form is wildly fluctuating and doesn't deserve his place in the team.
0: Well no, it doesn't yeah. it. it. doesn't, you're right, you're absolutely right. And 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 I think you know, most then, people will admit that now and I know there's still a couple of club apologists on social media that'll say, Oh, you won't complain when they announce the signing it's absolutely. Well, no, we um, thought we were getting the same guy we, we yeah, with but, that left. But then, it, even if we did think that, it, I said, "You seem relevant because the club should be a lot yeah. smarter than that." And, and unfortunately, they're yeah. not. They, they've got the nouse at the club clearly to uh, to build a balanced squad.
1: Well, let's let, let's qualify that. The club was smarter than that because the head coach at the time said we don't need him. The chief of operations at the time said we don't need him, and the owner went out and bought
0: him anyway. So, so what what do we do there then? Sheesh.
1: The fish rots from the head
0: mate. Yeah, exactly. So what what do we do there then? If you've got a coach look, and you've got a you know head operations football manager, whatever you want to call him, what call him a I think that's disrespectful. But uh, what what are you supposed to do when you're on a? Well, you can't. Exactly. How can you, can you How can you progress? How can you progress as a club when you've got him making impulse decisions like that based on emotion yeah. and nostalgia? You can't. That's the thing isn't
1: it? it. That's that's the thing. You know, we all laughed at. You know. Kukash and we all laughed at you know
0: we, we laughed at the guy at Lee Vermont, and we you know we, we we all have a go at Hetherington and everything but we've got one of our own we have we, we have we, we really do have yeah we do and it, it, it's frustrating it really is because again it, he comes out he wears his hat on his sleeve he'll he's, you know, like, again like we said he'll come out after a record defeat and say oh yeah we're going to get rid of ABC nothing happens oh we're going to do this nothing yeah. happens it's yeah, it's it's really frustrating, and like you say, to undermine your head coach at the time, to undermine your your football manager is is not a good look, and it's come back to bite us on the ass now. It really has, and yeah, very frustrating. But you know, again, you know, the nature of the beast is, mate, that
1: we've got players under contracts. If we want to get rid of those players, we have to pay them out.
0: Well, that ain't going or, to happen, is it?
1: Yeah, or we have to, or somebody has to come in and say. We'll take them on a season-long loan, or someone has to come in and say, "Well, come and come and play for us, and and get your severance from get your severance from Hull," which isn't, again isn't going to happen. So we're stuck. We're stuck with the hand that we're being dealt at least until the end of next season. Yeah. We, we... Um, and you know, unless we can move people out, um, you know, it, there's a number of players at the moment that are under contract in the NRL that have been told, if you can find a, a, another club. You're you're welcome to go. We won't hold you to your contract. Um, I haven't got any. I haven't got any uh, <laughs> I haven't got any, um, any doubt at all that if we said that to a couple of players at Hull, they would just go. Well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm under contract. Hmm. You know, rather than doing the honourable thing, or maybe even thinking, well, I might be able to go and find something else somewhere
0: better. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, very frustrating. Uh, as I say, just someone's where we are at the moment for that, that mismanagement mismanagement, And again, it's, it's the same problems every week that come back and haunt us. Uh, look at the ending of the game. I mean, the Golden Point period was an absolute farce. And again, I blame me and you because after we took the piss out of Rovers when they got beat by Casseford, saying we've got Mark Steed who at the time was three out of three in Golden Point. It, yeah. we, we go and have that soap opera against Warrington and get a draw. And now this one was just as chaotic. There was about four or five missed attempts from, you know, both sides. You had uh, Reese Martin hitting the crossbar. There was, there was uh, charge down drop goal attempts. Uh, players breaking away, nearly scoring. It yeah, it was it was complete utter madness. It really was, and yeah. I think the way that Hull lost the game, you know, I mean, people actually having a go at Brett Freeman for playing the ball too quick. That's a new one because. Every single coach, no matter whether you're professional at highest level or whether you're a bloody community coach in the community game, amateur game, whatever you want to call it, you teach your sides to play the ball as fast as you can because ultimately the team that gets a better, you know, quick ruck and rampages downfield and gets quick play of the balls will win the yeah. game. And the, and the difference between a good side and a great side is the speed of the ruck. Yeah, absolutely. It? And this is why Australia beat England all the time and, it, and, it, and you can literally yeah. simplify it to the fact that their ruck is ten times better than ours. 100%. And we bang and we bang that drum every time we play Australia. Not that, that happens these days because Australia don't want to play rugby league games, do they? But it's it, it's so, so we can't
1: beat
0: them, but we can claim a moral victory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> claim a moral victory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really frustrating. People having to go to free man. Yeah, Houghton didn't get to the play of the ball, and then he, and then when he didn't dive on it, he sort of just lunged at it with his foot, and then Leeds got the possession yeah. back, in it, and it was yeah, absolutely infuriating. And it, and it and a right pain in the backside as well because I didn't think Houghton had the worst game ever. You know there's a it didn't it happened no, previously it happened a couple of times in that game. There was one with Carlos as well where he didn't get to the play of the ball in time. He had to boot it to first receiver with his foot and obviously we think back to the infamous game against Warrington last year that saw the end of Lee Radford. There was one where Brad Flash played the ball and Houghton had his back turn looking at the south stand. Christ. Yes. So he's got form for it unfortunately and 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 it was a shame because like I said his performance wasn't actually that bad you know he scooted out the rock when Hull were on top in the periods of the game it's just unfortunately in the last 20 minutes we went real conservative didn't we? And, we and we could have built on the league that we obviously created for ourselves and yeah it's just it's just it's frustrating but like I say there's mileage it's what we say every week the nan is an issue at Hull FC Houghton is his workman like his effort is outstanding obviously his defensive numbers are are off the scale but yeah a top nine in Super League now you know you got to behave you, you just can't throw him out there with, with some of the players now like your Paul McShane your Darryl Clark and unfortunately that's the, that's the reality of it and, and and that's that's what it boils down to Hull whole need a quality nine and I don't want my nine to be making 60 tackles a game and and topping this new intensity index bollocks that Sky have put out now. I want my man to have an influence on my side's attack. I want him to be scooting out that rock. I want him to be pushing people with him and making breaks and putting people through gaps. You know, exactly what McShane and Daryl Clark do. Yeah,
1: agreed. Agreed, yeah. I mean, we've been saying it for weeks, haven't we? It's all very well and good. Making 60, 70 tackles, and that's lovely, and that's heroic, and all the rest of it, but that's not what a hooker does these days.
0: It's a different game now. No, you're absolutely you going know, on. You used the analogy of Malcolm Oka, didn't you, uh, a few weeks Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and he was finished. But yeah, he, he was. You know,
1: he's, he's tackled himself into retirement,
0: did in Malcolm Oka. Yeah. yeah?
1: Exactly. It's a different game now.
0: It, it is, absolutely. And I argue there's still a place for Houghton. Ironically, when he comes on as a ball player, I mean, when we actually did play Jez Litton at nine in those very limited times we actually mm. did that I didn't put a back row there, mm. he used to bring Houghton put him in like a as, like, a, a ball playing first receiver role and push the halfbacks wider. And, and I reckon, yeah. this, again, there's some mileage in there. Because he has got some qualities that are admirable. Like you say, his effort is absolutely outstanding and no one will ever take that away from him. Yeah. Maybe there's something in there where he can say you know, he can put a decent nine in and he can move out into a 13 yeah. or an interchange role and, and it could prolong his career. I mean, Rob Burrow did it at Leeds, he had to move yeah. positions to Stay at his beloved Leeds, otherwise, he would have been shown the door because Maguire and Sinfield were the, were seen as the future in the half-backs. So he adapted his game, he moved to Ucker, had about three or four years, won a couple more grand finals, and he, and he had the last laugh, yeah. didn't he? So you've got yeah, to look I
1: know we always go on about Melbourne being like the, the gold standard, but look what Melbourne have done. You know, Cam Smith retired, but even before he retired, you had Brandon Smith coming through the ranks, and you had the young kid that they put on loan to, to the West Tigers as well, Harry Grant. Right, so you have three really class hookers at that time, Right, Cam Smith retires. Brandon Smith and Harry Grant now um, alternate in hooker. Brandon Smith will start the game. He's quick. He's got good defense. He darts from acting half. Um, and he's cheeky. And he's, and he's aggressive. And he's, and he's nuggety. And he's tough. And then when he starts to to, to to come off the boil a little bit, they don't take him off the pitch. Soon as that ruck slows down, they bring Harry Grant on to speed the ruck up. And they move him back to loose forward. And they take one of the props off. One of the props goes to second row. Second row, um, you know, um, sorry, one of the second row steps up to prop. Um, They take, they put um, Harry Grant on a hooker, and they move Smith back to lock. And it just works. He's still there. He's still a voice. He's still shouting the call. He's still, he's still brilliant in defense. He's still getting through a mountain of defense in the middle where it hurts. And then he's also a backup hooker, and he's a backup runner, and he's, he's you know, if, if someone makes a, a break down the middle for Melbourne, they've got the full-back on one shoulder and they've got him on the other. Same with, with Canberra, you know? They've got a backup hooker in, in uh, Saliva Havili, who's our contractor, actually, and would be a hell of a signing for a for a good um, uh, for a, a, a Super League side, including us, would be a great signing, Saliva Havili. But, um, you know, he comes on after 20 minutes when uh, Josh Hodgson's tired. Josh Hodgson moves to lock, they still maintain a little bit of speed around the but We just don't do it. We don't do it. He's, he's acting half. Is uh, he's, is
0: um, Houghton from minute one, usually to minute eighty. Yeah, exactly. And like you say just bends himself into the ground through through his defensive workloads, which yeah, it's it paints a you know it paints a pretty picture with numbers done it, and people look at that and go, oh, wow. But it's not beneficial for the team, and that's that's the thing. And. Until we get away from that, we we're not going to improve. And like you saw it saying, no, oh yeah, you know we're stuck with what we've got for next year and and things that going to change until two thousand and twenty three. But we've got to look at the personnel we've got now and how they can adapt and how they can be versatile. Yeah. And right now we can do that by having a Jamie Shaw on the bench and bringing him on yeah. as a hooker or even a, even a Conor Win. Just throw someone in there who can push up the yeah. rock. Come on, it can't be that hard. And then you push out and out wide, and you can play him as a first receiver. And we've, we've yeah, we've got to go down that road because I say the lack of pace from our from our ruck is it is disturbing. It's like speed at all. What's that? And I'm glad Hodgson's obviously has realised that, and he's trying to rectify that with obviously with McIntosh coming in on the wing, and he wants you know fast wingers, fast centres. You know, he probably wants a fast looker as well, and probably realises this. But like you say, his hands are tied, and it's yeah, it's just really frustrating. And and again. it was highlighted at the Magic Weekend, again, because that's what ultimately cost the LFC the game, I mean, and again, I mean, people in the media pointing out Brett Fremo and putting that down as his error, because he played the ball too fast, it's just, it's just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, it really is, it's, yeah, but not everything was catastrophic, I suppose, at Hill's performance, I thought, you know, again, shock, the best of L F C came from Jake Connor, who actually played in in the halves, but it's interesting that, uh, again, I saw some people saying, you know, "Oh, he had a really good game at the halfback." But look at his best involvements. I mean, the try assist for Carlos Tomavari. He was out wide, obviously flicking a yep. flicking a Mark Snead kickback, and then his actual try himself was scored on the left edge. And bear in mind, he was playing on the right edge as a halfback. He had obviously floated across, come out the back, and and gone down the left channel. Obviously, squeezed himself over. So the, both of those involvements were in what I call, you know, in commas, full fullback-like positions. So obviously. Yeah, it was, it was still good to see. Obviously, him having an influential, you know, performance. Obviously, playing in the ass. But I think it, at the moment, Jake Connor's just absolutely sensational. No matter where you, where you put him at the minute, yeah. he's had an absolute, yeah. absolute belter of a year. And I think the scary thing is with Jake as well is he's still there. And I think we forget he's what he's twenty six years old. he's a baby in yeah. half back terms. I mean, he's going to keep it's getting nice better than that. Yeah,
1: totally. And the nice thing for me is we got him bloody tied up before we started getting shit. <laughs> because you know, if we if if he was looking now, right this second, at putting pen to paper, would
0: he have? Well, that's the thing in it, it. Obviously, this was done at the start yeah, It was just announced when it was announced. On it, uh, exactly. it's a it's a good point, mate. It really is because obviously the rumours have come out previously that Leeds have been interested in him. I mean, whether you believe the rumours or not, he's, there's obviously another another conundrum. But there's obviously there's, there's been there's been. You're not telling me there's not been interest for in the Super League clubs. While well, he's been, oh, he's one of the come best. Rest. He's in the top five in the competition. I, mean, I will not say sure. he's the best player, because I still think people like Sam Songkins and Johnny Lomax are, mm. are absolutely ridiculous. But I'd definitely put Connor in the top five. and There definitely would have been some interest elsewhere. Uh, good on Hull FC's part that tied him down for another two years, because as I say, he's he's, he's absolutely sublime. And that's been pretty much ever since he's put the old jersey on in 2017. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing again, you look at all, all side and you look at our very best, and that's where we get optimistic as fans and think... This isn't an absolutely terrible side, far from it. We've got some very good players and you know, you look at what they can do and what they have done and and you start to get a little bit giddy, don't you? And then you you know, you get a few wins and you think, Oh, okay. And we were all guilty for that at the start of the year when Brutson obviously brought those qualities to the side and made a really good start and we we're looking healthy on the table and then unfortunately we you know, we things go downhill, we get a few defeats, you think oh, it's the old L F C again and we get really pessimistic, don't we? But I think it, all the criticism is absolutely justified because it's, it's not good enough what we're seeing right now. I mean, Hull FC could finish this season in ninth position. If we lose to Wigan and we lose to Wakefield, Wakefield got Lee this week, so that's a banker. You know, and they beat us in the last game. They could end up going above us. We could finish ninth, and that's bottom four. That is just not good enough. It's no, it's not, it's not good enough, especially when we're,
1: we're you know, full cap. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. But, you know, you, you, you get what you deserve. You know, and, and yeah, unfortunately, do. the do. moment, we, we don't deserve any better with the way we're playing. We don't. Yeah, we've been lucky with injuries. Yeah, COVID, blah blah. But every team gets injuries, and everybody's had to deal with COVID. Yeah, it's uh, we've got an unbalanced squad, and there's only one person whose that whose fault that is. Um, and you know, we've got a head coach that's trying to work miracles with, you know, with with a squad that, you know, some some people in that squad don't look like they're interested.
0: No, that's apparent every week, isn't it? Unfortunately, we're carrying passengers, and like, well, we all know who they're who they are, sorry, because we singled them out last week when we did the call. And unfortunately, that's yeah, exactly. That's the problem, and you can't carry like that. we we've saw it this year. Our best has definitely carried our worst, even at the start of the season. You know, he likes of Connor, he likes his Satay, paper over the cracks. I mean, where where would it all be? No, no, right, think of the start of the year, no matter how gutsy, how you know how how good our effort was, how great our determination. Without Jake Connor, one won half those games. I mean the bloke's got over yeah. twenty try assists in Super League this year, that accounts for nearly a third of Hull FC's tries this year. Uh-huh. And our wingers get walk-ins now. Jake Connor puts them on a plate and Adam Swift they always catch and put the ball down. Same with Freemore. That never happened. You know, when did our wingers get walk-ins? You had to see Freemore badge over three players to score. Or do something absolutely incredible to get over. Whereas now he just has to catch the ball and put the ball down. It's great. Our wingers are actually getting walking, and and that shows that there's signs of a of a more, a, more, you know, attack full of full of guile and flair. And, and we've had our moments when Jake Conn's been able to sh- you know to show and prove that. But unfortunately, it's what comes. It's, it's what comes after that. And that's the problem when you've got a seven. It was very limited, and like I say, has to have all the tools in in, in place to perform now and. And when he have got a six, unfortunately he's picked up another injury, which again is is so frustrating because you look at the best of all FC, you know, when we really started to click early in the summer, You look at the, the wins we had at Castleford, you know, Lee, you know, even giving St Helens a good go in the cup and like you said last week, an interception away from Wembley, that was all with our yeah. you know, our spine in place and you know, he won six, seven, eight, nine, and you're Unfortunately we lose one of them and we look a shadow of the side that we potentially could be and, and unfortunately that's, that's not good enough. We need players that can, that can, like I say, a bangle drum again, that can adapt and that can be versatile and that don't have to rely on all those tools to be in place at the same time. I mean, I look at St. Ellens again, I, I throw, look at that game on Saturday. Obviously, I know Catalan's ended up coming back and obviously winning it by a point, but for 75 minutes, St. Ellens were 18 points in front and that was with the halfback combination of Lewis Dodd and Jack Wellsby, two teenage, you know, two teenage kids and that's been the case for about four or five weeks now. Obviously, Lomax and Tharge both being injured. But they look sensational because they can just, that's what they do, isn't it? They just throw them in. And you know, use the Melbourne analogy all the time. They just throw these kids in. And look. How can you lose Billy Slater, uh, Cam Smith, Cooper Gronk, and then just throw Jerome Hughes, Ryan Papanowes, and Brandon Smith, Harry Grant, in like that? It's ridiculous. You know, we're talking three of the best players ever to, to have ever played the game. And they just replace them like that with players that. You know, and dare I say, in ten years' time, could be talked up. You know, just just as just as much as being modern-day greats. It's ridiculous. And over in the sub League, we see it all the time. We we can have done it. Leeds have done it. We we've banged the academy drum a lot this year, and we seem to be. You know, our voices suggest that we're finally going to get that department right. But it's going to be a long process. It's not an overnight turnaround. And I just pray to God that in five, 10 years we will bear the fruits of that, and we will get some quality kids coming through. Because obviously, our centres are not just in Hull. We're right over the country now, we're in Cumbria, we're in Wales, blah blah blah.
1: You got hope you gotta hope that we end up doing what, what Penrith have done. Where, you know, they had a couple of seasons, one where they didn't finish in the top eight, one where with, with their bottom or next to bottom. Um appalling, terrible, years when they've been promising to do loads and did nothing. And all the time you had Gus Gould and others going, It's a five year plan, we've got kids coming through, we've yeah, got, stick kids coming with through, us, got kids' kids yeah. coming through and everyone going, Whatever losing coaches, sacking coaches. Underperforming players getting shifted and, and moved out and everything, but then boom, you know, all of them came through at the same time Louis, Cleary, um, Burton, uh, your lad at fullback as well. I um, a couple of yeah, yeah, uh, you know, Toto on the
0: wing, um, you so, know, um, the other kid Charlie Stains on the wing, yeah.
1: they've all come through at the same time. Two origin forwards you, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, just. You know, you, you got to hope that we, we get it right um, because right now it's not sexy, but hopefully in four or five years it will be. The problem you've got is that you got to keep people interested while the good stuff's happening.
0: That is true. You know, the that way is you keep true.
1: interested is by keeping, keeping winning matches, and keeping winning matches is pretty difficult for us at the moment.
0: It is as well. Yeah, it is. You're right. Our academy is well. we've got to be bringing through the right, the right types of players and. It's like, look at Hull as, as a as a town, as a city, whatever. It, it hasn't produced, unfortunately. You, you, yeah. you know, that one Jamie Shaw appearance aside, I'm not even going to include Tom Briscoe, because Fe- he was 18 when we signed him. He came from Featherstone Lions. He came from Feverson, yeah. You've got to go back to the Paul Cook and your Richard On and your Kurt Yeaman era and your Paul King yeah. to actually get players that come through a, a whole system and actually made it into the first team, then gone on to favourite national honours. I know people say Josh Hodgson, but he played two games for us. I actually yeah. credit Rovers more than I credit Hull there. Yeah, it's a moral victory for us, because he is actually a Hull FC-produced player, but he-, he was made at all Kingston Rovers, that's a fact. Yeah. It- it's that- that's what's depressing, and I think, it- how, do we- how, do we get a- how do we get around that? How do we produce these players through? Well, I look at it in the community game right now, you've got to give them a licence to play can't restrict yep. what they do and bring all this structure into it just let them play mm. let them play and that's how you that's how you get players that are a bit unorthodox or have got a bit of flair a bit of character about them and that's the way the game's going though and, it, and i think it, i like to see it's opened up a little bit with the new with the new rule changes that was obviously saw last year but for me it yes. is, it's it's yeah, still too structured it's still too robotic and
1: I it like... is it is um one thing I'd say about, about juniors as well is that I did see a few people kind of bemoaning the fact that um, our junior coaches were leaving to join cast next year to go along with, with Radford. Um, and, you know, to a certain extent, you go, oh, that's a shame. You know, you know, people have been at the club for years and years, black and white through and through, going and, and all the rest
0: of it. You look at it and go, well, what have you produced? Well, there is Sorry. that. There is that. It's, like, a result,
1: yeah. it's a results-based industry. What have you produced? Mm. Who have you produced? You know, you've produced players that are now playing second division. You've produced Logan. You've produced Buchanan. You've produced, you know, um, what's his name, Rose um, None of which are at the club anymore. Yeah, you've produced Connor Wynn, in and out of the first team. You've produced Shawl, maybe. You've produced Cam, Cam Scott, maybe.
0: Well, you can take some credit there. He came to, what, you can take some
1: credit, but not yeah, but not all of it. Who else?
0: Well, that's you know, the thing, isn't it? Lane, I mean, maybe? Fresh brand. Well, Yeah, Jordan Lane's obviously probably the biggest example at the moment, but you, know, you think even back to players that have came through five, six, seven years ago, they've moved on to past as new. Like you've just said, even if it be a second division or in a Dean Adley case or Chris Greenclays, obviously other super other league yeah. clubs. Uh, nice to see Chris Green get a magic try at the weekend as well. Loves it, doesn't he? But you're right. The point, the point stands we don't bring through top, top quality, do we? Not like Wigan, who bring through you Know, I don't know, one or two future internationals every year. Same with St Helens. I mean, you even look at the kid at Leeds now, Harry Newman, he's outstanding. Uh. It, it's yeah, it's depressing. I uh, and how, how, I'm just gonna like, say bear the fruits of this and hope this investment pays off. It's all right saying, Oh, yeah, we've got all these nice, shiny new arenas in Holland, in Wales and Cumbria, whatever. But yeah, it's about the people that are telling them what to do as well, isn't it? The people that are coaching them, and hopefully, yeah, we can get it right and, and bear the fruits. I just want to see. I just want to see Hull bring through kids that that are electric. You look at Will Price at Huddersfield right now; he's great on his feet, he's fast, he's got an eye for a pass, he can kick. But again, like I say, he's he's got pace. That's the thing in it. Pace. That's what Hull lack, and that's what we sorely need. And that's why I like Connor Wynn, Huge fan of Connor Wynn. Great on his feet and he's rapid. Yet, we're criminally, in my opinion, un- underutilising. I I just think there's there's room for people like that. You've got to make room for people like that. As I say, maybe not the best best passer of the ball, and but when you're good on your feet like that, and you've got pace to burn, and pace is the one thing we're struggling for, then you've got to find ways to integrate them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, look, you know, we could be sat here this time next year, and you know we've had a good look, a good a good run with injuries. You know the kids have got another year under the belt, so you know, Lanes that much better, um, Camp Scott's that much better. Um, you know, Daniel McIntosh has had a spectacular season. Swifts had a great season as well. has turned into a well-beating centre. You know what I mean? You, you know, you've got Griffin back. You've got Tuma Varvey firing. You've got we've kept we've we've kept um, um, Josh Hodgson fit. You, you know what I mean? You, you look at it and you go, well, sorry, Josh Hodgson, um, <laughs> Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. <laughs> no, we, we kept Josh Reynolds fit. You look at it and you go, well. You know what we we complaining about but at the end of the day you've got to remember where we've come from and right now it's it's not looking great you know we've papered over a lot of cracks over the last two three four years i think um and um there needs to be arguably a root and branch reorganization of the club that really does um and and by the sounds of it, we're getting there you know we we're sorting out the junior system where you know we've we've got a lot of a lot of older first team players all out of contracts at the same time next year. It is time for a cull, like we said last week. You know, if middle of next season we, we say to people, Well, we don't need you, you or you and you, you can go out on loan, you know. Um well maybe that's um maybe that's what we need to do. Um I just think that oh, all i make me bipolar. You know, <laughs> I, I just I either love them or I hate them. I think I've said to you before. I sit and watch it, and my wife's like, "Why? Why do you do that? Why do you sit and, and scream at the TV and call them idiots?" And, and you know, it, it, why you can't love the club like you profess to. If you know, I'm tattooed. I've, I've got the whole FC bloody um, um, registration on my car. You know, <laughs> um, I, I, I adore the club, and it's the thing I miss most about being in England. More than family. More than. Good TV because the TV over here is terrible. More than you know, more than anything else, I miss my club. Yeah, but God, they're driving me mad. Yeah, they're making me grey. You know, Um, they they infuriate me because there's a like you said, mate. There is the the genesis of something there. You can see it, and it's it makes it. If we were Lee, right, and we were putting in every week, and we were trying and trying and trying, but we had no 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 quality in the squad whatsoever you'd go fair enough we're having a crack but when we've got all of the talent there and we're just not using it and it's not happening and, and we're getting the, the getting the combinations wrong or we're making silly mistakes it becomes so infuriating you know, okay. my cousin's a teacher you know and and she loves the kids that are thick but honest you know the, the ones that will, the ones that will have a go, the ones that might not get all the questions right, but will have a go. The, the, the pupils she doesn't like are the bright ones that are lazy, because that's unforgivable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you can use the the example right now of Willie Putchins Wakefield, yeah. who are a team of what people wouldn't consider superstars, but they're a team right now that are playing for one another, that are obviously. Yeah putting effort, great determination, things like that first and, and tearing up for each other and, you know, playing with energy and getting the job done and they were good to watch on Sunday with Wakefield. They had a good win over Huddersfield and like I say, they've got Lee this week, they've got Hull in the final game. You know, they couldn't end up winning they say. Both of those games are going above all. <laughs> and they think what Wakefield spends to what Hull spend uh, yeah, there's definitely some alarm bells that obviously start ringing there massively and yeah. It's really frustrating. It really isn't, and you're absolutely right about spotting LFC. It's an absolute nightmare. I mean, being emotionally attached to them is is an utter utter nightmare, and it always has been. It always will be. It's so, the so hope. It's the hope that kills. It is. Yeah. It's an emotional roller coaster at times, and you know you absolutely love them the next. You want to lynch them. You know, the week the week after. It's that's what it is. I think the best analogy I saw someone say is you want to shag them one week and kill them the next. That's spot right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it could be worse. You could support the West Tigers, (laughs) who who this have promised so much and delivered so little once again. And then, you know, when the shackles are off and we're not playing for anything and it's the last game of the regular round and with the the final game of the round and everyone goes, oh, well, you know, now we'll see the West Tigers with the shackles off because they've got nothing to play for. Go out and get milled by the worst team in living memory. (laughs) Yeah. You know, go out and getting nilled by the Bulldogs, who at one stage this season had gone 250 bloody minutes without scoring a sodding point. So you know, you imagine how I felt this weekend. Hull lose by a point. Tigers get beaten by 36. I'm ready to slash my wrists. The only thing that, that made any sense this weekend at all was the fact that I'm not, I'm no lover of Cronulla. Yeah. The fact that Cronulla ended up, um, you know, after their match 8th but then. The uh, the Titans had to go out and win by twelve and ended up winning by thirty or forty or whatever and, and um and you know just came right over the top yeah. and the Titans ended up uh, in, in eighth which is which is great but yeah apart from that catastrophic bloody weekend of sport for me catastrophic
0: yeah I don't know uh, as a sporting weekend, England cricket had a good fourth day it's all perfectly poised in the fifth test match against India <laughs> England football won again. Penrith smashed uh, Parramatta's reserve side. Nice to rub that into me, <laughs> into me, Dad. who's well, only a reserve team. Yeah, still. in front of you, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It was a sporting weekend. As I say, the magic weekend as a whole was was you know you, you got to say that that was a box tick for Soap League after it's hiatus last year. I mean, an aggregate attendance sixty thousand eight hundred and sixty six people, thirty five thousand one hundred and four on the Saturday, which obviously included about three or four from all. I mean. Obviously, the the St. Helen's game was nothing short of phenomenal. Probably one of the best super leagues I've ever seen. I mean, big Stom Cassiano taking that ball out of sky to score in the last play of normal time, and then the golden point. You know, I'm just so glad I got to see you know a, G- a Jimmy M- a Maloney moment for the ages there, because obviously he's a and al- he's been an outstanding player throughout his career. Obviously, state of origin player, the Australian Test player as well. And yeah, it's just nice to actually be. That's probably well, it is it's going to be the last time I'll ever see him play live. Um, obviously not going to go to Avignon to watch him next year so yeah I mean French rugby league yeah. we've banged that drum a lot Catalan's winning the league leader's shield now in Super League you've got Toulouse who are pretty much all but confirmed as the league leader's shield winners in the championship they're likely to come up via the playoffs so you know it's looking good isn't it uh, yeah fair play to them but yeah magic as a concept I must admit I, I, I do I think there's, a, there's room for it but it's got to be Done for the right areas, and we spoke about this when Australia do theirs and they play it in Brisbane. It's like, what's the point of that? Why not take it to Perth or Adelaide? I think yes. when when we when we take ours to Newcastle, we get it right.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the 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 NRL version of magic. um they, they did everything and removed the magic. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and, and now we'll, every weekend's a bloody Magic Weekend because all of the games are being played in Queensland because New South Wales is the plague at the moment. So, but you're right. I mean, it'd be great if we did that. If we took a, if we took Magic to Adelaide or we took it to Perth um, or we took it somewhere else, it'd be great. You we'll know, take it to Darwin or, or somewhere like that. It'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, the issue is that rugby <sighs> league in England's a parochial sport with not many people support it in the great scheme of things, where over here it's the dominant code. So arguably they play to the strengths rather than trying to grow outside of. Um but yeah, I I, I agree that the the way that they did it over here and unfortunately again Channel Nine came in and, and screwed it because they said, No, we want one game on the Thursday, we want two games on the Friday, we want two games on the Saturday and we want three games on the Sunday or whatever. You know, it's just stupid.
0: Whereas over there, you know, you get four games a day, don't you? It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, obviously, that's obviously it is a different ball game, but yeah. Uh, NL finals obviously take place uh, this weekend. Definitely looking forward to them as some, you know, taste looking games. Penrith South obviously going to be going to be good. I quite fancy watching Manly against Melbourne. See how they go against them as well. And and the two knockout. I mean, two knockout games. Titans look good at the weekend. Obviously, they play the Roosters, mm. and then you have got Newcastle and Parramatta. I mean. Makes for an exciting weekend of football, definitely.
1: Newcastle have been the team that have really disappointed me this year, actually. I mean, they've limped over the line. You know, they've got into the finals with a minus 150 points difference or whatever it's just been terrible um so yeah they've really disappointed me I, I do like the fact that that the titans have come into it on the back of a little bit of form and they've got absolutely nothing to lose and they've got you know a player like david Fafita and, and and you know a player that, that can be a bit of a wrecking ball and all the rest of it they, they could be anything the uh, the titans uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there with them it's still in all likelihood, going to be a Melbourne Penrith final. I think the only team that might have something to say about that are Manly, who look red hot. Yeah. Red hot yeah. at
0: the moment. Dalachravich and, and, you and know, uh, Tom look great, don't
1: they? I, I reckon th- this, is, this is possibly one for the ages. I reckon this is the best run of form I've seen a single player have ever with, with Trebojevic. He is unplayable. It's a big a, and that that of me being a, me going to games since I was five years old, so over forty years being aware of football, uh, of rugby league, I, I honestly cannot cannot point
0: to any other player with a runner form like this, unstoppable. Yeah, he is. He is absolutely unstoppable, and obviously it makes Manley tick, and yeah, they've got, obviously got two very good wingers as well in Saab and Ruben Garrick. So it's not like it's just a one man a man one team. But thing is with 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 take tip Tom Tavares out. Then got a cat and mouse chance. It's the same with Penrith. You take Nathan Cleary out, nah, he ain't going to win the Premiership. It's simple as that. And so obviously they're going to be sweating on obviously players getting through those games. It was, I noticed again Penrith against Parramatta, they took Nathan Cleary off with a few minutes to go. Yeah, getting get wrapped in cotton wool because they just didn't want to chance him. It was funny because Braith and Astor in that game were sh- screaming for him. As soon as Penrith went about three scores ahead, he was like, get him off, get him off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... It'd be interesting to see what happens. I think you're right. You know, you look at Melbourne and, and they have a player out, and someone else just slots in. You know,
0: it's yeah. just ridiculous. Embarrassment He's of riches.
1: He is, as, as an as a as an organisation, they are the greatest in, in in rugby league. They are incredible. They're probably the you know, greatest. In them, someone else drops in. It's just
0: unbelievable. Yeah. They're probably the greatest, like you say, organisation machine in the sport. The amount of players they just churn through is, is is absolutely ridiculous. And they do it all the time. And like we say, they even do it when we're talking about the, you know, some of the greatest ever players to play the game. They replace them like it's nothing. It's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, look at Barcelona right now in football. How the hell do you replace Lionel Messi? You, you can't, can you? But Melbourne do. Mm. They just bring the next one out. Yes.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, and you, you look at you know you compare that to you know I've got to go again to um my Tigers team. You look look at the amount of players that they've let go um, that are now absolutely carving it up um, at other clubs. You know you you, at, at, uh, you know you got a couple of Penrith. Um, who never really did much for us that are now absolute well beaters at Penrith. You know, you've got one at Parramatta with with Moses, who's incredible. Ryan Pappenhausen, let's not forget, was a Tigers player. You know, let, let, let's not forget that um, Harry Grant, alright, he was on loan, but was a Tigers player. Um, Josh Adokar was a Tigers player. You know, uh, Woods was a Tigers player. Um, you know, um, uh, Tedesco was a Tigers player. You know, it's just it's you know ridiculous. The players that you look at that you can that you can actually point to and go, you could get you could easily 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 pick a team of ex Tigers players that have gone on to better things at other clubs. Now you can't say that with Melbourne.
0: Mm-hmm. The players
1: that leave Melbourne don't go on to better things. The players leave Melbourne because they're finished, because they're starting to slow down, or because Bellamy's identified someone in the reserve grade that, that doesn't cost as much money but can do a better job. Simple
0: as. Yeah, and when you talk about well oiled machines and having your eye on the prize and obviously running your business on on what's best for the team and not sentiment and nostalgia, there's, there's your blueprint. Are you watching LFC? <laughs> yeah. So to finish then, LFC, NRL, club connections, this week we have gone for the South Sydney Rabbitohs.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and I think this is the last one. I think I've done everyone now. Um, so and sounds I was sounds to the Roosters I was leaving till last because there's it's a big job. <laughs> they go right the way back to 1908. They're a they're a first foundation club and everything. So I did um, I did uh, go right back. Um, now two of our first ever Australians um, that we signed back in the early um, years of the 20th century, um, Steve Darmody and Herb Gilbert both had careers that touch south. Steve Darmody um, who was um, on the first Australian, on the first Kangaroos tour with Gilbert, kicked a couple of goals and and scored a couple of tries in a couple of tour matches but never actually appeared in a test match. He played a lot of the games where the Aussies played against clubs. When Hull signed him he was a useful second row forward. He lost a foot in the First World War and ended up uh, living out the rest of his life in Scotland. Um, Died in the 50s in Scotland, Steve Darmody, but he is... um, in South's Hall of Fame as, as one of the original um, one of the original South players to uh, to get picked for the Kangaroos, so he's there. And so is Herb Gilbert. Then you got to wait a long, long time until our next one. Um, and the next one was Greg Mackey, who debuted for South in the eighties, nineteen eighty actually. He came to Hall eighty nine, I think eighty nine ninety. Um, but yeah, Greg Mackey, he's uh, he's created touch Souths. David Boyle. Uh, was a useful forward that, um, that Brian Smith um, signed and in fact, Brian Smith signed him Craig Coleman, David Moon all at the same time in his first season in charge of Hull because he played with them all at South because Brian Smith had a small uh, a small uh, um, playing career at South before injury did him early in his life and uh, um, Boyle, Coleman and Moon all played for the club at the same time as as did Greg Mackey actually um, so Craig Coleman um, also played for Witness and Leeds and Salford as well, but um, had half a season with Hull in 88 and David Boyle played for Hull that full year as well, now interestingly it was David Boyle's daughter that was um, caught in a compromising position with, um, with Adam Elliott from the Bulldogs um, last week, Millie Boyle it's David Boyle's daughter and I tell you what, Adam Elliott's braver than me because uh, I wouldn't want to mess around with David Boyle's daughter, he'd kill you um, only ever played for two Clubs in his entire career, David Boyle, just Souths and Hull. So uh, a really good player. Uh, David Moon, as I said. Uh, Brad Webb, who played centre for us at Old Trafford in '91. Brad Webb was a Souths player. And then we're getting on to players that um, are a bit more modern. Paul McNicholas um, started his career at Souths. Uh, Lee Jackson had uh, a very short spell at Souths. In 95, before he ended up going to Newcastle after that, played eight games, scored two tries for Souths um, in 95 wins. That was just about the point where Souths were about to get thrown out of the comp. Um, And uh, all the majors kind of started around the Super League war. Um, And Lee Jackson did have a short stint with them, didn't really set the world on fire. Craig Simon, who was one of the contingent that came down from uh, Gateshead when we merged with Gateshead. Um, Wade McKinnon started his career at Souths. Mike Minichella, who we mentioned last week in a rooster's sense, he started his career at Souths. Um, So did Scott Logan, who we mentioned last week, and so did Willie Manu, who we mentioned last week. And so did Peter Cusack, who we mentioned last week as well. All uh, had um, brief spells at Souths. And then you get to uh, Colin Best as well, who finished his career at Souths. And then um, for Tuli Talanoa, who's probably the most recent and probably the best one we've had from Souths for years. Um, he uh, was a Souths player and, only, again, only played for two teams in his career, just Holland Souths. Um, add to that, obviously, Brian Smith, who played for Souths and coached us, and Sean McRae, who coached us and coached Souths.
0: Good list. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, good list. Always oh, oh, nice to uh, bring back some nostalgia as well with some former plays. And you think, oh, yeah, he actually played for a lot. Oh, yeah, he was a cracking player in And uh Some, some of those players probably meet in the middle as well, but, yeah. <laughs> quite a few of those players meet. Yeah, yeah, quite a few, but, yeah. Um, the last one was yeah. uh, pretty diamond for us, to be fair. for Tula Tono was, was absolutely sublime for us. So he won a huge part of what the club were about then as well. And, you, and when you think of the signing, he was a, what, a big man in Sydney? You know, pretty much yeah. been... Yeah pretty much gone into the wilderness from the NRL and he was picked up and that just summed the FC up at the time, you know, a coach who had his eye on the ball and hierarchy who yeah. backed him, a, obviously a system in place that could find and scout players and bring them in and and, you know, and and get the rewards from them on, on the field and yeah, he, he was brilliant in his five years at the club was for two of Uh it's a shame how it all ended as well, uh, it didn't end on his terms did he, he was contracted for 2019, obviously got a... And that's the injury. Played a couple of reserve games, but it wasn't quite right. And then he had to medically retire himself.
1: Yeah, horrible. And, and you know, no player wants to go out like that, do
0: he? No. Um, no player deserves to go out win. like that.
1: No, no, and especially not when they're that good. Because he was that good. You know, mm. he was. And he was. You know, for the for the for the. Um, you know, being, being part of two Wembley wins for us as well, he will always go down in all FC folklore one of the best that we've had. You know, and, and you know you like to concentrate on that rather than the way it ended because unfortunately it didn't end the way that you wanted it to end. You know, it's just horrible.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. But
1: those things happen. You know, very rarely do we get what we. Very rarely do do um, you know, fairy tale endings happen. Very rarely.
0: Well, no, it's true. You look at Gareth Ellis last year retiring at a, an empty, behind closed doors Wigan on ground in a 29-12 yeah. playoff off defeat, deserved a lot more than that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah.
1: You know, the, the, one of the greatest rugby league players ever, Wally Lewis, his last act as a rugby league player was to pick up the wooden spoon, uh, the Gold Coast Seagulls. Yeah. He deserved better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just before we do finish as well, mate, just on on um, a bit of news that's come out of the NRL the last couple of days as well, there's a, a number of players that are under contract that have been told they can find another club. Um, and I have got a bit of a list of players, especially the players that I think that we could really do to have a look at if we've got room on the cap um, which I don't think we will have but you know, you never know we might magic something up as as a marquee player um, Marty Tapau, and I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks but he has been told if he can find another club next year um, Manly will not stand in his way the other player that was under contract that went from Manly was Curtis Sironen, who Saints have picked up, and he'll
0: be a great signing for Saints. He's a very, very, very good player, Curtis Sironen. And, and, and don't that just say about keeping an eye on the prize? You, you, you signed Joel yeah. Thompson. he's obviously going on for personal reasons, which is yeah. fair enough. England in it for everyone. I mean, yeah. why would it be when you've got Sydney, when you've got New South Wales, when you've got weather? Yes, you know, isn't it? But you lose yeah. a caliber player like that, and then you replace him with Curtis Sironen. That's why St. Owen's are where they are. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally, yeah. And, and he's, you know, I know Paul, his dad's a bit from from working at Balmain Leagues when he was one of the directors there. You know, without dropping names and everything, I did send him a message on Facebook and just said, "You know, mate, we've we've spoken about this. If any of your boys go to England, I've told you I'll say see nobody." <laughs> and he kind of sent me a message back and just went, "Well, I've still got another one. Bailey's, you know, you never know. Bailey might end up over there." So I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm going to hold you at that, mate, because that's not good enough." <laughs> um, but you know, there's that one. Tarek Sims has been told he can find another club. The Dragons have cut him, which is mad. That's an Origin player. Honestly, what a player he'd be. He's going to pick up an NRL club, I would think. But how good would that be? Him and him and his brother playing on opposite sides of the river. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How good would that be? Can you imagine the, the the amount of the amount of column inches, the amount of the amount of fantastic, you know, um, promotion that would do? You know, a city divided by a river. You know, divided by rivalries. It's divided a, a team. It's divided a city. It's divided a family. You know, It'd be brilliant be great if we could get him just for that um the one we're more likely to get is Dylan Napper um, who's you know um whose last act yesterday was to be part of the team that took um that took the West Tigers to the cleaners at the at the bulldogs but um yeah, he's a possibility he's, he's looking for another club Aaron Wood still hasn't picked up a club for next year Josh Hodgson has been told he can find another club next year from from canberra although the the rumors of that are kind of being tamped down by the club who've said no he's not going anywhere but you know from what the the, rugby league press over here are saying is that his agents actively going out and and selling him to brisbane to whoever will have him (laughs) um and and if we're looking at um if we're looking at hookers as well mitch rain at the um gold coast titans is looking for a club for next year and saliva havili from uh, from the raiders as well is also looking for a club so mate there's um there's, there's a there's a wealth of options out there and you know we might be able to pick up someone like a,
0: a, a Vale or uh or a, 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 a mitch rain fairly cheap i'd say yeah and that, that'll be the key word if we don't pick anyone up it'll be cheap and yeah. but we've got to be looking down those roads because come on we all see it don't we we need a hooker we need a couple of props we've said that since... and we've also said that since the start of the year we said that this whole FC squad is a proper two-shot. We said that we'd like a new hooker. That's been consistent right throughout the year. Nothing's changed. We can all see it. Yeah, But wow. I can't see where we can. I
1: can't, you know. The, 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 you know. I haven't. I haven't listed any wingers there, have I? I haven't listed any full-backs there.
0: You know, they're just props and hookers. Exactly. What we need? Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I think everyone can see it, barring those at the club who who have got to hold some accountability right now. Uh, Whether we'll see that, I I highly doubt it. We'll just get a rallying call in a month's time saying, please, can you renew your membership? Yeah. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it is, but, you know, um, we have a run next year without any any injuries. We have a run next year where we get on a bit of a roll. You never know. Because when we're on a roll, we don't look bad. We really don't.
0: No, like I say, we haven't been catastrophic all the way through the year, and, and the best of all FC is very good. If you if you can imagine, like I say, Josh Reynolds team fit, Jake Connor going to an even, you know, the next level, which is pretty scary to imagine. You know, you think, obviously, two flying wingers who will take their opportunities next year. You've got Chris Sato who's an absolute wrecking ball. You know, Yeah, there's, like I say, the best of all FC is very good, and if they can get all those parts together and, and click, then, yeah, who, who knows? But again, I'm, I'm not going to be expecting, you know, top four semi yeah, so play, semi final, grand finals, anything like that. I think to be honest next year if we actually get a playoff position, I know we're talking obviously a bit because it's still two thousand and twenty one, but as far as <laughs> twenty two thousand and twenty two goes, if we get a playoff finish I'll consider that man a miracle to be honest at the minute. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah.
1: I mean um, but, you
0: know, I, and I would have took I would have tu- took that this year though. If, if we full finish this, just even if it was sixth, if it was fifth or sixth and just scraping a playoff position that would have been that would go down as a successful season. Now that the fact we're going to finish eighth or ninth it doesn't go down as a good season, does it? it? Goes down as a failure. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right. You know, and it's it, again, you know, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? You know, if, if we'd have started poorly and and you know that the everything was there to see at the start of the season, and we went, you know, we've got an unbalanced squad, and we can really hope for seventh or eighth. Well, then that's one thing. But starting well and being around that periphery of the top three or four. And having a run of, of fixtures in front of us, where you look at it and go, "Jesus, we could win six out of seven here. We're going to end up third or third or second or, or fourth. You know, we're going to be right up there." And then it just just kind of, you know, just kind of dissipate. That's the hard thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, like you always say, mate, it's the hope that kills you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, on that note, we'll leave that there for another episode. Thanks for your time, mate, and come on, you all. Absolutely.